0: The Rugby Report is sponsored by Betfred. Here we go then, the semi-finals. Four teams all going for the biggest prize in world rugby and we're buzzing ahead of this weekend. England and New Zealand kick it all off on Saturday morning. Johnny May and Geordie Barrett both have three tries each so far this tournament and Betfred are double delight on the England-New Zealand semi. So back the correct first try scorer, he sticks another over the line and you get double the odds. 18 and over be gambleaware.org, singles only, maximum stakes apply. When the fun stops, stop. Visit betfred.com for full T's and C's. The Rugby Report Japan 2019 with Betfred Hello and welcome to The Rugby Report Japan 2019 with Betfred My name's Nick Heath and uh, I'm rather excited for two Rugby World Cup semi-finals (laughs) My name's Tom May
1: and I'm rather excited too, but not quite in a high-pitched way.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I do understand how it works, but it really does feel like we've got two Rugby World Cup finals on our hands. Um, not that Wales have ever been to one before, but uh, but yeah, it is looking very tasty. Hello and welcome. Um, great to have you with us uh, here on the Rugby Report for what is likely to be our penultimate episode as we run through uh, the two semi-finals. Uh, we have all the team news, bar Wales, as we record this. Um, thank you to those of you who have been tuning in. We hope you've been enjoying. Uh, what Tom May and I have to uh, have to offer and uh, do keep in touch with us on at the rugby report underscore on Twitter uh if you would like to get us any messages. Uh Tom, how you doing?
1: I'm very good, thanks. I've had a where have we been? Well I was down in Oita for the for the quarterfinals obviously uh and then spent a couple of days in Hiroshima actually. I climbed a mountain ah. avoided the fucking snakes that were about apparently and um oh. Made it down to the bottom of the mountain and went to Hiroshima the next day. And I'm now in Yokohama.
0: Very good. Hiroshima, a pretty poignant place by all by all accounts. Oh, amazing,
1: unbelievable place. Um, it's it's quite touristy, obviously. Um, mm. But I've had a friend of mine go down to Nagasaki who said that was a lot quieter for obvious reasons in that it's miles away. Um, right. But it, that was a it was a lot more um, I think emotional down there. Whereas. You know, it it was clearly very emotional in in Hiroshima for a lot of people, um, but you go into that museum, my God, when you start learning about what went on and how hard it was and how rough, yeah. it is horrific.
0: Yeah, had I to do I it. Only imagine, well. Uh... Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, you certainly do. Um, Okay, well, uh, look, we've got uh, South Africa against Wales on Sunday. We have England and New Zealand on Saturday. Uh, We've got guests galore for you. We've got uh, former Rugby World Cup winner, Lewis Moody, who's with us. In fact, two Rugby World Cup finals under Lewis's belt. And we have uh, former All Black, Carl Heyman, who will be joining us. Um, So uh, before we perhaps get into England, New Zealand, we can uh, can just uh, have a look at uh, the South Africa-Wales game. South Africa making one change from the side that beat Japan uh, with Cheslin Colby ruled out injured and Kosi replaces him on the wing uh, he started twice at this World Cup and I imagine Tom May when you heard that news there were tears
1: oh what an absolute stinker for Cheslin Colby I was devastated when I saw that I, I thought you know he has been outstanding he's box office to watch everyone wants to see him with ball in hand you can almost hear um, the crowd's energy go up when, when he's either kicked the ball or passed the ball um, he can pull something out mm. of nothing um I, I tell you the welsh won 't be won 't be that bothered he 's not playing though
0: no, indeed. Uh, they will be certainly pretty pleased about that. Eight changes from the Springbok side that faced Wales in November 2018. Uh, it is also only the fourth time in 25 matches under Razzi Erasmus that uh, South Africa have gone with a 6-2 forwards to backs ratio. It's almost as if he's heard that Warren Gatland likes picking big men against him. We haven't got the Wales team, um, but they are going to be relishing the chance to uh, to take on these uh, these Springboks who well, with everything else, they've certainly got a big game plan, but they have just got big boys haven't they
1: they're massive units you know exactly what's coming and I'm just I just don't know how Wales are going to manage that that's thats the big issue for me I think they're good enough to beat the Springboks there's no theres no doubt about that for me the issue would lie with where they are physically they got beaten up didn't they against the Fijians and I'm not quite sure they've ever recovered since um, mm. you know Jonathan Davis missed out last weekend will he be fit will he not Um Hadley Parks, as we've mentioned before, is literally has every joint cellotaped onto his body but and you know, he's he's been <laughs> through the mill during this this um rugby world cup and they've obviously lost an now. Um you know, you just yeah. start to wonder how long they can stay on two feet having been clobbed around the head so many times as they, as they have been.
0: Yeah, and they've had a visit from uh, from Prince Charles, quotes uh from uh, oh, the it's fine then. <laughs> yeah. At least he uh, Ken up. Owens right. was asked if Prince Charles had offered offered Wales any advice. He, he, he said that Prince Charles just said they're bloody big buggers, aren't they? And left it at that. Yeah, um, thanks, Chuck. So, uh, so, yeah, well, uh, he's, he's not renowned as being a world-class rugby coach, so uh, I guess that's the best that he could he could throw in. Um, what do you think Wales have to do to try and beat them? Is it, is it going to be in the nouse of their back three? Josh Adams is up there as one of the top try scorers. Obviously, Liam Williams is absolutely world-class. Is, is that where it's going to happen? Pre-podcast publish update. Liam Williams has been ruled out. Lee Halfpenny likely to replace him, but we await the full team news. I
1: think so, but they've also got to try and find a way to, to create opportunities to score. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. they don't do that enough. Um, look yeah. back to the two tries they score in the quarter final against the French. Um, you know, one was from a rip ball off the back of a moor and the other one was from um, a ball spilling out at a breakdown. Um, aside from that they were largely non-existent in terms of creating try scoring opportunities they have to do that against south africa because they will score um i'd be would
0: be sticking plenty of high ball up for villie LaRue because he's he's not been looking too assured under it
1: well no i'd i'm not sure whether he's just slightly overrated as a player i, I i've never quite i've never quite seen it but maybe maybe that's me um he's going well, to have an absolute blinder now you yeah now me. yeah I've absolutely sh- Shot the Welsh in the foot, haven't I? Um,
0: probably, <laughs>
1: probably score three, and um, as Wilma Pimpy, because he's just what? What quality. chance do you give Wales in this one? Then uh, I think they're struggling, just because they're physically physically gone. I think um, mm. I'd l- I'd love to be proved wrong. Wouldn't it be amazing if if both of the Northern Hemisphere teams got through?
0: Um, yeah, ridiculous.
1: Know, it'd be brilliant, um, but I just can't. I don't. I can't see it.
0: Okay, well, uh, let us know what you think. Whether you uh, whether you agree with Tom May on at the Rugby Report underscore on Twitter. Uh, do you think that Wales are going to come unstuck against uh, the uh, the Springboks, or can they uh, bring it to them physically and, and get their back three boys on the ball? That one then taking place on Sunday, and uh, and of course the clocks go on Saturday go uh, go back on Saturday night in the UK. So that one suddenly becomes an eight o'clock re- in the morning kickoff. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, that's, that that's thrown that's me. Nice, isn't it? Mm, yeah, lovely. Um, so uh, I think for a lot of our listeners, uh, the main meat of the weekend is going to be that match on Saturday morning. It's a little more friendly as well. At nine o'clock, it is New Zealand against England. Oh, it whets the appetite. Talking of uh, talking about the teams, well, England make the one change. They've moved Owen Farrell over. Henry Slade has uh, has dropped, and uh, and we get that Ford Farrell axis once again. Um, did you see that one coming, Tom? Did you Did you think that that's what he would be doing? Henry Slade takes the number twenty two shirt. Jonathan Joseph is twenty three, uh, and Vunapola gets cap number fifty.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I, I likened him to a bit like Ranieri the other day. He he's always fiddling around with the team, isn't he? You're never quite sure what yeah. outrageous selection he's going to going to pick, and actually. Look, he made that last week, and we mentioned it in last week's pod. In that he probably they probably would have gone with that team against the French, um, yeah. so they're going to have a run out. Now he's changed it again. Um, they they probably don't have the physical threat that some of those Aussies do in the back, back line. so therefore they don't feel that Aussies or Kiwis. No, the Aussies did last week, which is why I see, Ford okay. wasn't playing. Um, right, now yeah, clearly, yeah. clearly they are physical blokes the the Kiwis and the the all-black backline but um, I think he also feels that they're going to have to create numerous opportunities and take numerous opportunities to be in with a chance of beating them because otherwise it's a bit like Liverpool of old or the Kevin Keegan Newcastle United team will score more than you you know they will Sorry, well, I just had a big we're swig talking of about Coke to, Zero and I am struggling there to hold a burger. I was going to
0: say, pardon you. Oh, wow. Um, we're that talking really of... Uh, <laughs> Oh, lovely. Talking about, uh, well, taking your opportunities, as cliche as it is, uh, a man who loves a cliche, um, but uh, but also has plenty of insight. We mentioned him earlier. He uh, he has played in two Rugby World Cup finals, victorious, of course, in 2003. Um, let's hear what Lewis Moody thinks about this one as we build up to this massive semi-final on Saturday.
2: It's going to be an interesting one because they have put themselves in a genuinely brilliant position building confidence over the course of the tournament and now having played so well against Australia, like the belief, whereas before that game against Australia, I felt if they made it through, there was no chance they beat New Zealand because I I don't think they played well enough and or shown us enough and B, New Zealand are very good. But actually off the back of that Australia game and the fact that they've done all they could in each game that's been put ahead of them, they should be feeling confident. I think they'll be nervous but also they'll appreciate that they're not favorites going into this game you know one of the the one of the joys and the and the negatives of winning a world cup was that we were favorites going into it so actually the pressure was you know almost unbearable but you didn't even really appreciate it until it was over but then in 2007 in the in the second semi-final you know we were so lucky to be there anyways you know it's through sheer stubbornness and uh to focus on just one part of the game that got us through to that point, but, uh, that really it didn't, you know, the fact that we'd got that far was almost a World Cup in itself, a World Cup final in itself, so we've had two very conflicting uh, experiences, but I feel the boys, somewhere in between those two experiences, they'll be feeling confident, they'll have belief that they can go out and beat New Zealand, um, but
0: they don't have the pressure of going in as favourites, which I think is, is good for them. Yeah Eddie Jones certainly does his level best to uh, to shift the distraction shift the focus I mean he's not talked an awful lot as we've gone on over the course of the week about you know Johnny May potentially having an injury um he uh, he's he's talked a lot as you mentioned about about New Zealand being the favourites he's he's also you know he's continued to hang his hat on this two and a half year period that it's that it's all boiled down to this moment um, I mean his, his reputation and, and his career with England hangs on this game doesn't it?
2: Well he always said judge me on the World Cup and it, um, that's been you know something that he's wanted to be judged by as well it's been a it's been a focus for him ever since he took over um, obviously coming back to a place where he's coached and coached the national team and lived and um, you know, it is a defining moment for him. I'm not sure whether he wants to continue post the World Cup, win or lose. I think you know we may see him move on. In either case, whether you know whether they make it through this game or not. Um, so for Eddie, I think you know he's actually put the team in as good a position as they could be in terms of being prepared for this game. You know, the biggest undertaking, taking on the All Blacks in a World Cup, whatever game it is. Um, and actually, he's put him in a position where the vast majority of us believe it's possible that England could beat the All Blacks and end up in a final. And I think that in itself is an exciting position to be in and one that we weren't in 18 months ago, I don't think.
0: Yeah, yeah, like I think... or even less, even you know, even eight weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yeah, what's the point? Um, how do you see it going? Um, I mean, the the All Blacks, as I keep banging on about, uh, are having absolutely no problem backing their youth. If they're good enough, they'll play them. Um, we've we've sort of seen Eddie under the microscope for for supposedly dropping in inverted commas George Ford, but you know he he views him as his as his big finisher. Um, yeah, how how do, you, how do you see the game? Where do you see it being won and lost?
2: Oh, crikey. Um, I, I, I don't want to be boring and just say it's about England taking the opportunities and being clinical, but, but against the All-Blacks, you know, one of the one of the things we we were frustrated about for England during the, the early pool stages against the USA and Tonga is that they left a number of opportunities on the field. Yeah. Um, now, when you play the All-Blacks, those opportunities are going to be so few and far between that you have to be on point and you have to take them. And one of the the things one of the moments uh, sorry, one of the reasons I'm you know, I'm excited about this all best game is against Australia. We saw those chances taken. Slade came in and okay, yeah, the first few touches weren't that great, but when presented with an opportunity to finish, he did, you know, a lovely little grubber kick through for Johnny May into the corner and yeah. you know, that sort of uh, finishing is exactly what England need to make
0: sure they get right because the chances will be few and far between. Um, yeah.
2: So getting those right is, is key. But also, you know, bizarrely, New Zealand don't actually have that many players that have featured this far in a, in a World Cup, you know, which is strange when you consider that, you know, they've played in two World Cup finals, the last two World Cup finals. But actually, you're right, that emphasis on youth. Could that be their undoing? Um, you know, when you've got guys like Kieran Reid around that have been there and done it, um, potentially, potentially not. But um, it's interesting, it'll play out, it's going to be, Either way, it's going to be a very interesting final. Yeah, uh, So only final
0: Yeah, certainly is. Steady, steady, getting a little bit carried away there. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> um, who do you th- who do you see getting through from the other side? Uh, like, I really want to see Wales
2: get through. I just think I was. I was a bit bored of their rugby coming in because they just got, they got used to winning but playing a fairly dull style of rugby. Yeah. But in this tournament, actually, I've, I've quite enjoyed what they've delivered. You know, I thought, I thought they'd come out, they played, you know, the games they've had against Australia. Um, you know, the, the game at the weekend was obviously France at its, sorry, uh, for, well, yeah, France at its best and Wales at its potential worst. But, um, <laughs> you know, if I think back to 2003, we had, we had that diabolical moment against Wales in the quarter final. Um, you know maybe Wales have had that moment now where they didn't quite get everything right you know biggest kicking out of hand was you know not important for me it gave a very dangerous French backline opportunity to play in broken field um, you know there will be much more ruthless up front the tackles won't be dropped off early on um, you know it'll be a, a brutal physical encounter and I think you know so I was trying to Jane Roberts yesterday he talked about you know the winners of this, of this game coming from those that you know they're prepared to transfer arm a bit more and those that are the most innovative so you know whether we'll see them kicking to those you know kicking to Colby on the wings and, and trying to get you know Josh Adams or, or George North into the game who's George has been quite quiet during this tournament, you know, probably, uh, probably ready for a big game, and if anyone's going to step up in a big game, it'll be him, so fingers crossed, I would like to see Wales go through. My, uh, my head says South Africa, sadly.
0: OK, all right, so maybe not the all-Northern Hemisphere final, but, um, well, listen, thank you so much for joining us on The Rugby Report. Um, After The Whistle is your podcast, you and Leon Lloyd, former Leicester Tigers boys hooking up. How's it all going? Oh man,
2: it's been great fun. Um, you know, just delving into the passions that we both have for, you know, transitioning out of uh, out of whether it's sport or the military, and um, chatting to some fairly interesting guests, including uh, Steve Batchelor. One one guy we chatted to actually, Andrew Steele, said sport ruined his life. He was an Olympian, and uh, um, I think he says that because it was. It was so tough for him, but he's gone on and, and learned from those lessons. So mate, we've really we've really enjoyed it. As I enjoy coming and chatting to you, mate, and on the various other podcasts. So it's been a it's been a good lesson for me, one that I'm enjoying.
0: Yeah, excellent. You've done enough over the years to know uh, precisely what you're doing. Well, we recommend people to tune into that. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm waffling along anyway. As long as you're talking about, you know, boring things like taking opportunities and chances, then um you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's, <laughs> I'm there's now, nothing.
2: Now, I'm now the boring side. I don't worry, your yes, four listeners will
0: love me. Brilliant! Thanks so much for your time. So Lewis there talks a bit, as, as, you, as you mentioned before it really, um, he doesn't think there are going to be many opportunities, which is the key, and it's about taking them. Um, I'm interested in, in this little change on the bench, Mark Wilson replacing Lewis Ludlam. Um, Wilson, who is probably a little bit more weathered, maybe a bit stronger. Um, I would have fancied the idea of someone like Ludlam. That, that would almost be, seem to me a, a very all-black star selection to have picked a Ludlam on the bench for England, but, um, but he's gone with Wilson.
1: Yeah, he's I guess um Ludlum's a a bit more all over the shop a bit like Artie surveyor would be. Um but I think probably mm. Mark Wilson's been outstanding hasn't he? You know, in in the in the games that we've seen him. Um and until he yeah. got injured, you know, I, I think I think that's when Lewis Ludlum came into his his own and played well. Um it's I think that's a tough call. I think um I think Lewis Ludlum he didn't do anything wrong last week, did he? Uh but it's probably more yeah. about what what Mark Wilson can bring in terms of his, his strength, um, his ability to just keep knocking people down, carry hard, do the hard graft that, that actually no one really sees. I think that's what, that's what he's been picked for. Um,
0: and but, do, do we think Johnny May is fully fit? He looked it in the team hotel today. He was
1: sort of wobbling around and well, not wobbling around. That's probably the wrong word. Wrong words to use when you've just done your hamstring. <laughs> he was um, sort of bumbling around and chatting to everyone and um, seemed pretty upbeat. So I think if you had any doubts, okay. you, you would probably come across. Um, and and yeah. I also think, look, he's someone that is is renowned for the the amount of stretching he does on his on his uh, on his body and looking after himself. So if he wasn't right, he'd know um and mm. there's no way you'd you'd put that um put yourself under the, in that position whereby you might go off within 2 3 minutes because that just puts your team at a huge disadvantage
0: yeah, and, uh, and then I'm just looking through a couple of the quotes from, uh, from George Ford. He's saying, uh, we massively believe we can go and do it. We're confident. The reason is we put pressure on ourselves in the week to be ready in terms of our preparation. Uh, I mean, Eddie Jones, uh, as I mentioned to Lewis, he's, he's hung his hat on, on this World Cup campaign. It's what he was hired to do. Uh, is there any sense of, of failure being laid at Jones's door with this England team if they can't get past this New Zealand team? No, I th- I
1: think the problem would have come last week. If they hadn't got through that quarter final, then there would have been serious questions asked. Um, yeah, they've got to a semi final now, which it's not that it's all right, but actually the way things have worked out, if they lose to the All Blacks, well, they're the best team on the planet. So, you know, maybe we can cut them some slack. Um, yeah, you know, we never might we never would know should they lose what would have happened. Against a, a Wales or a, or a South Africa because they're for me they're definitely more beatable than than the All Blacks would be on any given day but um, you know we've seen them make numerous mistakes haven't we over the past um, number of games the All Blacks so mm-hmm. they're more beatable than they they have been um, you know I, I I think England seem to be in a good place you know when I was chatting I was chatting to a couple of the guys earlier on. Um, was chatting to Billy Vunipola, and, and he was like, you know, Tuesday's session was supposed to be lively. Uh, w- w- today's session was was lively, like very lively. Um, so mm. you know, they, I think the intensity's there, the desire's there. They they they're now being looked after to the point where they're just having walkthroughs. They're just you know they're recharging their bodies and and they're and they're ready to go to go again. So look. I'm really excited for this it's going to be amazing we don't often get the chance to play against New Zealand do we so um, to do it in a a semi-final is fantastic
0: and I think it's nice to be getting to a point where we go into the semi-final there hasn't been as much attritional effects on the squads as there might have been these are these are two full strength sides going in toe-to-toe Rugby World Cup semi-final they both feel like they're peaking at exactly the right time so there are no excuses so as fans we get to purely enjoy you know what happens when two heavyweights go into the ring and, and, and go against each other um, the New Zealand team they made one change to the starting 15 that beat Ireland 46 points to 14 uh, when you reflect on that score Line and that game. Um, I know we haven't looked back an awful lot on, on the quarterfinals, well, at all. In fact, we've just looked straight ahead, but uh, but it really was a, a, a monstering, and an Ireland just, I don't know, they just weren't there, were they? But uh, anyway, Scott Scott Barrett replaces Sam Kane in the back row, uh, and you mentioned Ardy Surveyor, who moves uh, to the open side flanker to accommodate Barrett at six. Seven changes to the New Zealand starting 15 that beat England just 16 points to 15 last November. Can England turn that one around? Um, before before we go back to Tom May then. Uh, well, uh, we mentioned him. Let's see uh, what the former All Blacks man Carl Heyman makes of this matchup. Well, Carl, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, how are you? Yeah, good. Good. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you're uh, you're out in Nepal. What are you doing out there?
3: Um, I've been out here on an expedition for the last uh, well, for about six weeks, nearly two months um, to Mount Makalu, um, which is the fifth highest. Um, mountain in the world and we uh, we were going pretty well and then hit some late seasonal uh, monsoon or snow up at uh, about 6,500 metres and, a, half thousand meters and um, a few of our group had a, a few close close calls so we decided to call it a day and it's best we all come back and one one piece and enjoy the footy
0: <laughs> Yeah, I should imagine so I mean, in, in a place like that a close call really is a close call, right? Yeah
3: yeah, up there, you know, making it around it's um you know, it's um and the conditions were the snow conditions were, were pretty terrible. Um I think in that area like it's about a straight line not too far from from Everest and um there's no one summiting anything in that area um this year. Um, which is which is quite unusual.
0: Yeah, well um I know you managed to catch a bit of the uh the quarterfinals, um and uh you know, this this All Blacks team. I mean, as we speak, it's not been it's not been named, but uh, with the likes of Sevu Reese, Jack Goodhue, George Bridge, it it it's got that typical flavour of of Steve Hansen backing the youth. If they're good enough, then then he'll pick them. Um, how, how do you compare this side to to previous incarnations of the All Blacks?
3: Um, I think it's, it's right up there. Um, you know, you look at that quarter final performance and. Um, you know, it's it's up there with one of the the great all black performances. The the I guess the question is for them and them um is, you know, backing backing that up and uh the World Cup, you know, final football, quarter final, good, um but now being able to, to move their focus to a, um to England, which um you know, which I think I see already the bench starting this week with uh, with Eddie Jones. I th- you know, it's um, it's going to be a highly anticipated anticipated clash.
0: Yeah, it is. We've uh, we've also had Steve Hansen talking about the fact that England can't be rivals of the All Blacks because they've only played them once in the last six years. I mean, w- what does an England team mean to New Zealand? Will will they, will they hold any fear for them? Yeah,
3: I think um, you know they will. I think you know, uh, you know they'll be trying to concentrate on their own performance, but. Um, and prepare themselves as well as they can. But you know, England's a great rival um, for a good number of years with, with England, although although they haven't played, I think you know it's been one of the highly anticipate, anticipated clashes of, of all rugby to, to see England uh, England play New Zealand. So you know, it's um, you know it's for and again it's finals football. Anything can anything can happen, and past results mean think so. And I don't think England or you know, will be. You know, they'll be the very similar. They'll be preparing well, um, knowing that. I think a big key to the match is going to be shutting down the, the All Blacks' attack. Um, we've seen so much, you know, interpassing, little passes. Um, you know, and their ability to break the line with you know threats all over the field, and then you have Aaron Smith, who's looking for little little gaps on the edges of the ruck. So. It's um, you know I think defence is going to be a huge a huge part to England and and shutting down the shutting down the All Blacks.
0: Yeah, and uh, and you mentioned Eddie Jones, <clears throat> he uh, he has sort of tried to put the pressure on the All Blacks. I mean they are going for this sort of historic third Rugby World Cup win. Do you think they're they're allowing any pressure to come on them for that, or is is that will that be at the back of their minds?
3: Um, I think both coaches are obviously. Um, Showing it's it's not
0: their first uh, first rodeo, that's for sure. Um, (laughs) You know,
3: with with everything that's gone on this week, uh, and I think both coaches will be trying to deflect as much as they can off the off the players. I think um, you know, obviously with the with New Zealand um, and the performances in the past World Cups, you know, I guess there is a, I'd say there was slightly more pressure um, for them to perform, but it's. You know, I'm sure they would have talked about that and how they deal with that as a group. Um, and be, I'm sure Steve Hansen will be um, talking all week that you know just to remain focused and you prepare um, how you normally prepare for a game and um, do your work during the week and and get out there on on Saturday and and let it all hang out. Um, but yeah, the it's going to be an interesting week with the with the two coaches, that's for sure, and I'm sure. Um, there's a lot more to come on from both sides.
0: <laughs> yeah, as, as, as the next few hours to on, certainly um, we can hear a few of the horns going off in the background, a few of the bikes running around at, uh, at Nepalese lunchtime. Um, where will you be watching? The, where will you be watching the game? <laughs> i should be back in France. I'm heading back there on Friday, so we'll be back just
3: in time for uh, back just in time for kick-off. So, um, and time to park up in front of the TV and and uh, cheer on the cheer on the
0: Blacks. Very good. Well, listen, really, really appreciate your time. Uh, it's amazing that we can speak to you in uh, in such places. And, uh, yeah, safe travels back and uh, look forward to catching up soon. Yeah, thank you. Great to hear from your mate Carl there, uh, Tom. Uh, it's a it's a strong Kiwi side. We knew it would be. They're pr- pretty consistent. Um, it's interesting they haven't played Aaron Smith alongside Bowden Barrett at all during this World Cup. They've been happy with Bowden at fifteen and, and Moanga uh, ticking things over from ten. Um, but you uh, you had a little look at, at Scott Barrett coming into the back row as as a sign of of what they're expecting from England.
1: Well, I think it's his first appearance in the back row, which which to me seems mind boggling that you would chuck someone mm. in. In a semi-final, into a back row, unless the All Blacks don't look at what other teams are doing traditionally, do they? And and go right, we'll we'll pick our team to play them. They go right, we're yeah. picking our team to be us, which is probably yeah. slightly different to to how any other team goes about it. Maybe maybe Eddie Jones is is getting to that point, um,
0: but yeah. he's previously played there on on uh, on several occasions as a replacement for the starting blindside flanker, but it is the first time he starts at six.
1: Yeah, you know, which, you know, he hasn't had a huge amount of experience there. Um, it gives him another line out option, um, but he's certainly, he's certainly not as mobile as Sam Kane. He certainly won't get to as many breakdowns as Sam Kane. Um, mm. And he'll be beaten by Underhill and Curry day in, day out of the breakdown. So it'd be really interesting to see <laughs> um, what what they've sort of got up their sleeve there. I mean,. It is slightly concerning, isn't it? Because you think, oh God, what are they up to? Uh, but you, you can't, you can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't, think about what they're, they're doing. You know, the the weather may well play a factor here. So, so tomorrow um, or Friday in 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 Yokohama is with a capital M mingin. Um, it's <laughs> it's pretty windy. We've got a, the sort of dregs of a typhoon passing up the east coast of Japan. Um, uh, okay. Well, in between midnight tonight and midday tomorrow, Friday, there is going to be uh, about five centimetres of rain, which is quite a bit. right. And then between midday and six o'clock tomorrow, there's going to be a f- there's going to be five another five centimetres of rain. And then between six and midnight, there's going to be another three centimetres of rain. So it's pretty bloody damp tomorrow.
0: Yeah. So come Saturday, that pitch will have uh, had a dousing.
1: Yeah, it'll be like playing on the
0: wreck 20 years ago. (laughs) <laughs> which you have experience of and i don't yeah well that, that will be interesting to see how it affects things um the other things that we know that uh, well people will labor over and spend hours looking into is uh, is how the referees affects things uh, jerome garces is in charge of wales against south africa um nigel owens in charge of new zealand against england um no yakko piper
1: but, oh, well don't get well, me started what did you make that? of all of
0: that oh my Come god on, let's have what a go. was
1: he doing
0: I mean, a lot of people are saying you know rugby is the sport where the referee comes into Uh the bar after the game. We have a chat with them, and that's all part of the game. It wasn't as if uh, you know it was a wrong decision or he did it deliberately. So a a few people are saying it's absurd that he's been uh, reprimanded for it. But it sounds like you're. Well, well, there's some people saying that he was lined up to do one of them, but uh, mm. but the, well, certainly the England-New Zealand game. I think they're saying that he would have done it. Wouldn't well, have been the South Africa one. Um, but but you you're you sound like you're more of the camp of he's been an idiot. I think he's
1: been a total idiot. I just don't know what in a massive game like that, which had such a big effect on the French. Um, I mean, there was self-imploding anyway, um, so it didn't really help. But um, you know, I you. <laughs> People have been going to me, oh, he's just having a bit of banter, right? I, I sort of get where you're coming from. But as professional <laughs> players, you're asked, told time and time again, you're told, look, if you think you're being a bit of a dick, don't do it. That comes yeah. down to what you're going to say, what you're going to have a photo with someone, just don't be a knob because it will come back and bite you in mm. the arse. Well, that... I wish I'd been told that once. <laughs> it, um, generally, if you lived your life by going, you know, I don't want to be a dick. I don't want to be a dick. Like I think probably nine times out of ten, Piper wouldn't have done that. Um, yeah. Because if he'd thought about it, now he maybe he's had a couple of beers, and who knows? He probably had a couple of beers and thought uh, it's great banter. No. Um, In the days of all these mobile phones, where people were taking photos, oh, isn't it? Uh, you know, you can't, you can't do it. So yeah, you know, it's costing.
0: Yeah, so Nigel Owens will be in charge of that one then. Uh, and, uh, well, let's let's get down to it. How do you think it's going to finish up?
1: So, um, so I'm going to go with South Africa Excellent. on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go on then. Yeah. South Africa on Sunday. Um, now, I'm going to go with England.
3: Oh, that's
1: lovely. It's what we want. It's what it, the crowd wanted. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with England. It has to be, doesn't it? Surely.
0: They are certainly capable. And I think that's, the, that's, that's the great bit about this semi-final and, and both semi-finals. Yeah. Any one of those four teams can win. And that is a great position to be in. It's what you would hope from the last four of any big international competition. Uh, and we've certainly got there. Um, and uh, and you think the boys will do it?
1: I do, yeah. I think it's also worth mentioning, just, just looking back to last week, that Varmaheena red card was a red card all day. But for yes. all of the people that went after him on social media and I mean, some of it was pretty brutal by the sounds of it. Um, mm. That's absolute bollocks. And you can't, you know... Yeah. They've been hanging him out and saying all sorts about him. The, the guy will be in absolute pieces inside. Um, I mean, it
0: was an absolutely crazy thing to do, wasn't it?
1: Uh, it was just... It, that was a reaction. That was nothing more than a reaction. I've, done, I've pulled exactly the same move, and I got Dan Leo right on the end of the nose. Um, <laughs> we were playing London Irish. And... They were replaying it on. That did you massive... also
0: have a sneaky look at the referee before you did it?
1: No, I just, no. He was pulling me back by sort of about around the neck, uh, um, so I just swung my arm back round, thinking I'm about yeah. four foot tall, so nothing really ever connects. And I don't know how, but bear in mind he's about six foot six. I connected with the end of his hooter, um, which he didn't mm. really like. Um, anyway. Funny so life. they're re- they're whining it backwards, forwards and backwards on this big screen at the Majewski Stadium, and it's looking worse and worse. So I said to the ref, I can't remember who <laughs> it was. I said, to be honest, I give myself a red card. Um, you know, you ca- you can't you can't be doing that on a rugby field. But also, yeah, people saying, oh, he should be banned for life. This, and they're like, no, he should
0: not. It's absolutely well. He's rubbish. announced a retirement, hasn't he?
1: He has, yeah. But apparently, I've been corrected in saying by from some people that he'd had that lined up pre World Cup. Um, oh really but you know the guy will be he'll be devastated inside he'll be Mm. feeling like he's let his teammates down his country down himself down his family down don't get on his back guy's made a mistake he now needs an opportunity to make it right and and move move forward from it Um, yeah there you go there is my rant
0: I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, Well, thank you very much. Uh, We've heard from Lewis Moody. We've heard from Carl Heyman. uh, And uh, and Tom May thinks, uh, well, thinks we could be headed for an England-South Africa 2019 Rugby World Cup final. Uh, Any other business, Mr May?
1: No. uh, What am I doing? Well, I'll be holed up in my room avoiding the uh, ridiculous amount of rain that's going to be coming um, tomorrow. And then I'm going to the two games, so I
0: cannot wait sensational you lucky bugger uh, we will be watching it on TV over here don't forget 9 o'clock and then 8 o'clock on Saturday morning don't arrive with an hour already played or at least the first half already over that would be foolish um, thank you once again for continuing to listen to the Rugby Report Japan 2019 with Betfred and uh, and we look forward to you joining us next week when we look forward to the big one the final who'll be in it or oh, wait and see uh, keep in touch with us at the Rugby Report underscore on Twitter uh, but from me and from Tom it's goodbye now. the rugby report japan 2019 is sponsored by bet fred wales and south africa is the second semi-final and this looks like a belter as well wales did enough to get through against the plucky french but they copped a few key injuries South Africa showed the Japanese no mercy last time, but they're missing Cheslin Colby. Check out Betfred for specials on this and also the England game available on the app and online too. Whenever you bet on the action in Japan, Betfred. 18s and over be Singles only, maximum stakes apply. Limited availability when the fun stops stop. Visit betfred.com for full T's and C's. This has been a Rugby Media production.